lift our hands to the one who is the greatest, the one who is greater than the greatest, the one who is older than the oldest, the one who is wiser than the wisest, the one who is stronger than the strongest. Let's lift our hands to the Almighty God and worship Him. Let's bless His holy name. Give Him all glory, give Him all honor, give Him adoration. Let Him hear your voice. Worship Him. Bless him, adore him, lift him high, give him all glory, give him all honor. He's worthy to be praised, he's worthy to be adored. There's no one like him. There's no one like him. He can raise the dead, he can make the barren fruitful, he can open blind eyes, he can make the lame to walk. It can cause dry bones to live again. Let's bless his holy name. Let's give him glory. Let's give him honor. Let's give him adoration. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. Thank you, Father. Thank you all. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Now lift your voice to him loud and clear and say, Father, please hear my cry tonight. Go ahead, talk to him. Please hear my cry tonight, Lord. I'm here to cry to you tonight. Lord God Almighty, please hear my cry. Hear my cry tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Please hear my cry tonight. And let your name be glorified. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. I have a God who never fails. I have a God who never fails. I have a God who never fails. Who never fails. Oh, never fails Forevermore Hallelujah I have a God Who never fails I have a God Who never fails I have a God Who never fails Who never fails Who never Jesus never fails. 
Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. Forevermore. Amen. Jesus never fails. God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle, the one who had never lost a war, the Lord of hosts himself. Glory be to your holy name. Please accept our worship in Jesus' name. Tonight, my Father and my God, even as we are thanking you for what you did on Monday, thanking you for what you did on Tuesday, thanking you for what you did yesterday, we are asking, Lord God Almighty, that even as we are going to do wonders today and tomorrow, let your name be glorified again. Your children are here to cry unto you tonight. As many as will cry to you concerning anything, Please grant our request. In every area of our lives where we need that great turnaround, do it for us tonight. At the end of it all, let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let someone shout hallelujah. Shake hands with about two or three people and say, God will hear you tonight. And if you receive that, let me hear you shout hallelujah. As at 6 p.m. last evening, Number of children born during the Congress had increased to 28. 16 boys and 12 girls. So let the boys shout, Praise the Lord. And let the girls shout, Hallelujah. Let me start by thanking all the great men of God who had ministered tonight. Uh, the Almighty God will continue to prosper your ministries and it will take you higher day by day in Jesus' name. Our time is a bit fast spent. And yet we still need to do something very serious tonight. Because we are going to talk on desperate prayers. The text we have been looking at from the beginning is Mark chapter 10 from verse 46 to 52. 
Mark 10, 46-52. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. We'll just stop there. We'll pick it up from there tomorrow. Before I just talk to you for a few minutes and then we'll pray, let me remind you that tomorrow is the big day and uh, it is in your interest to come early because you know very well from experience there will be no vacant seats tomorrow. So come early so that we'll be able to find a seat. Why do people pray? Why do we need to pray at all? We need to pray because the spiritual controls the physical. Anything that happens in this world, anything that happens in the physical, have been predetermined in the spiritual. For example, if you read the book of Job, chapters 1 and 2, you will notice that before what happened to Job happened to Job, there had been a discussion between God and the devil concerning Job. Now, we all know of all the spirits, the greatest of us is God. John chapter 4, verse 24, John 4, 24 tells us that God is a spirit. He is the one who made all things, according to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, Genesis 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so he owns all, because he created all, so he owns all. Psalm 24, verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Psalm 24, verse 1. And so he controls all. He made all. He owns all. He controls all. Isaiah 66, verse 1. Isaiah 66, verse 1. He says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. So when he is seated in the heavens... The entire world is under his feet, so he's in control of everything. 
Now this mighty God, creator of all, owner of all, controller of all, gives an advice in Jeremiah 33 verse 3. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. He said, if you call on me in the day of trouble, I will answer you. God is going to answer somebody here tonight. But now, because I, I need to be brief, even though we need to lay this foundation, because people have said that a lot of people talk about prayer, but they don't pray. A lot of people write about prayers, but they don't pray. A lot of people praise prayer, but they don't pray. So tonight we are not just going to talk about prayer, we are going to pray. And God is going to hear. And in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, somebody will go home with an answer. But you see, prayers are in categories. We have what we call casual prayer. You know, the kind of prayer you pray at night when you are tired. Lord God Almighty, thank you for today. See you tomorrow. Casual prayer. And that's the kind of prayer that uh, Peter and Paul prayed while Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, wait here, pray. Yes, Lord, we will pray. And almost as soon as he turned his back, they fell asleep. He came back, woke them up. They prayed for a few minutes and then went back to sleep. Casual prayer. Many of us Christians, we pray casual prayers. Some of us pray casual prayers when, for example, you are in a crowd and they are serving you food and you don't want anybody to see you pray. You pray so quickly. Nobody will know you have prayed. Father, bless this food in Jesus' name. Amen. And then you will begin to eat. Casual prayer. And then we have what we call regular prayer. That's the kind of prayer that you, you read about in Matthew chapter 6 from verse 9 to 13. Matthew 6, 9 to 13. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, and so on. So you praise God for a while, and then you, you plug in your requests. And usually the requests will be far, far more even than the thanksgiving. But tonight we want to talk about desperate prayer. We want to talk about that kind of prayer that will, without fail, bring about a turnaround. For example, in 2 Kings chapter 4, from verse 1 to 7, 2 Kings 4, verse 1 to 7, when the creditors came to the widow of, this, of one of the sons of the prophets, saying that if you don't pay what you owe within 24 hours, 
we are going to sell your children into bondage. What she prayed that day was not a casual prayer. The Bible said she cried unto the man of God. Casual prayer is okay when you have no problems. Regular prayer is the prayer majority of Christians pray. But desperate prayers are the prayers desperate people pray. The interesting thing is some miracles can wait. But some miracles cannot wait. I have a rough idea that there might be just a handful of people here tonight who must have their miracles now. Such people will pray desperate prayers. I'm going to give you just a little bit of the characteristics of desperate prayers. The first thing that we need to know about desperate prayers is that there are no protocols observed. When you want to pray desperate prayers, there's no time for protocol. There's no time even to begin to say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You go straight to what is really pressing on you. When Peter was walking on water to go and meet the Lord Jesus Christ, and he took his eyes off and he began to sink, the prayer he prayed at that moment was not according to protocol. He didn't say, Lord, I I love you. Oh, you are my friend. Thank you for walking on water to come and meet me. Thank you for calling me. When he found himself sinking, he prayed a prayer. And the prayer was made up of only two words. Lord, help. Do I hear somebody tonight who is really in need of an urgent miracle saying loud and clear, Lord, help me. In Genesis chapter 32, from verse 24 to 30, Genesis 32, 24 to 30, an incident happened that Jacob was returning home after being away from home for years. He knew what he did before he left home. Now he was told that his brother, that he took his blessing, was coming to meet him with 400 men. Something within him told him, unless something happens tonight, tomorrow might be too late. He prayed a prayer that night. The Bible says he wrestled with a man. I'm, I'm sure you know who the man he was wrestling with was. 
The man wrestled with, said, let me go. Because the day is breaking, he said, I will not let you go unless you settle my case. I'm believing God for someone here today that before you leave this ground, your case will be settled. told you the story before we finished I think it was at the convention or something I was going home and everybody we have prayed for everybody we've dismissed everybody and we were all going home and I was going home too to go and get some rest and there was a young man in the crowd and he was trying to come near and of course you know the security was tight. So he began to yell. That's one thing you will know about desperate prayers. Desperate prayers are not quiet prayers. When you are praying desperate prayers, you are not a lady, you are not a gentleman, you are a warrior. Because you are desperate. This boy began to yell. He cried so loud, like in the case of Bartimaeus, until I had. And I had to say to my people, if I stop now, let's see quite a lot of crowd, I will be in trouble. Take me home, but come back and get this young man. Finally, they got him, and when I saw him, what's the problem? He explained. He's a graduate. The wife is a graduate. They have a set of twins. They had no job. And they are not eating for three days. He said, my problem is not me. My problem is not my wife. My problem is the twins. Of course, that day God solved his problem. Because right there and there, we had to feed him, we had to feed the wife, we had to feed the children, and within a week, by the grace of God, God sorted out the issue of jobs. When you are desperate, you don't pray quietly. Many a times when I ask us to pray, I see some of you with your hands in your pocket. I know you are not desperate. I see some of you considering how big you are in society. I know your case is not desperate. But I see some people, the way they pray, shows me clearly, these people are desperate. And do you know what? Desperate prayers will bring immediate answers. There's someone here again that God is going to answer today. Let that fellow shout loud and clear and say, God, help me. <laughs> Number two, desperate prayers are always violent prayers. Forceful prayers. In Matthew 11 verse 12, Matthew 11 verse 12, the Bible says, From the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God's sovereign 
violence. And the violent have taken it by force. There are some prayers that are violent prayers. If you get a handful of desperate people together in a place, praying desperate prayers, they will shake the house. In Mark chapter 2 from verse 1 to 12, Mark 2 from verse 1 to 12, we just read the prayer. Many a times we don't follow the story fully. Four boys brought a man who was paralyzed from neck downwards. They got to where they were going. The place was jammed with people because Jesus was there. No room by the door. No room by the windows. But they were desperate. The Bible said they climbed to the roof and they broke off the roof. Could you imagine what was happening when they were hammering the roof? They shook the house. But you know the interesting thing is, they carried in their friend. Their friend walked back home. I am decreeing to somebody here tonight that all the problems that we have been carrying about all these years will end tonight. When violent people, when desperate people pray their violent, desperate prayers, they can shake a house. Pastor Stevens told you about us visiting Tulsa in 1979. It was an incident that happened that day, I mean, that, during that trip. I went with my father in the Lord and some others. And we stayed in an hotel. One morning, as we woke up in the morning, Papa sent for all of us. We met in his room. And once we entered into the room, you know, the Holy Spirit had taken over the room completely. And Papa made an announcement. He said he will be going soon. That is enough to shake all of us. But then he said, I will be succeeding him. Just out of the blue. Of course, I knew the meaning of that statement means all my plans are over. I know my destiny now is not going to be the same. But that's not the big one. The big one is that the destiny of the redeemed Christian church of God now is at stake. I fell down. I was praying by the door. The others were also praying. Very soon, and you can be sure it wasn't casual prayer. Very soon, the engineer of the hotel came and knocked at the door. I was the one by the door. So I, I got up and said, yes, what can we do? To help you. He, he, he said, uh, what kind of instrument are you people playing? I said, we are not playing any instrument. We are only praying. He said, no. He came into the room. He looked under the bed. He looked in the wardrobe. He saw no instrument. He was baffled. He got to the door. He turned. He said, 
what do you say you are doing? I said, I said, we are praying. I said, why, sir? He said, because the entire hotel is shaking. And we have traced the source of the vibration to this room. I said, we were praying. He didn't believe me. He left. But after we left the hotel, they shut down that hotel for 30 years. They dug around the foundation to see if there's anything wrong. They saw nothing wrong. But the hotel shook. Because six people prayed desperate prayers. Do you know that tonight, as some of us, um, I don't believe it will be all of us, just a few of us who are desperate, as we prayed our desperate prayers, they will be shaking here tonight. Desperate prayers has another characteristic. If there are some of us praying, and there's only one fellow who is desperate, he will disturb the others. So you better get ready for that. Because in the case of Bartimaeus, he was the only one praying desperate prayers, and the others told him to shut up. You're taking this matter too far. What was wrong with you? Shut your mouth. Another lady was praying a desperate prayer in Matthew 15 from verse 21 to 28. Matthew 15, 21 to 28. She needed help. Her daughter was under oppression of the devil. She knew nobody could help. Other than Jesus Christ. That's something about desperate people who pray desperate prayers. They know they have come to the last bus stop. They have come to the only one who can solve their problem. There are many people, they've tried doctors, doctors have failed. They've, they've tried prophets, prophets have failed. So they have tried even general overseers, general overseers have failed. They now have only one fellow left. The one who can never fail. And when they get to him, they will pray in such a manner that those who don't have this kind of problems will look at them and say, why are you disturbing us? When this woman was crying to Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, my daughter is giving us a verse of the devil, the disciples said to her, I said to the Lord Jesus Christ, send this woman away. The noise is disturbing. But I know there is somebody here tonight who will say, look, brethren, right and left, we better take note now. The moment I begin to pray my prayer, if my prayer is disturbing you, you will be the one to relocate. Because I must get my breakthrough tonight. If you are that fellow, do I hear you shout hallelujah? First time I went to South Korea, some of you have heard this story before. I have been general overseer 
for some five years. I've tried everything. The church wasn't growing. I would do Bible study. I would do special seminar. I would fast. I would pray. The church just refused to grow. Then I heard of a man in South Korea called Yonggi Cho. And they told me he has the largest church in the world. So I said, I better go and see him. And we went. And for the first time in my life, I heard a pastor say with his mouth from the pulpit, please, those of you who have come to church today, don't come next Sunday. Because he was holding several services on Sunday. His auditorium could hold about 50,000 people. And so he's saying to those who are, who will, because you can't come in this Sunday, don't come next Sunday so that the others who could not come this Sunday will be able to come next Sunday. I said, God, I am praying that people will come. Here is somebody who is begging that those who come this Sunday should not come next Sunday. And then, and he told us, his secret, prayer. And they took us to a mountain, which is, which is his prayer mountain. Big mountain. And they dug little, little holes into the mountain. People can crawl inside and pray. There's no room to stand. You either kneel or you lie flat on your face. And they took all of us, because we came from all over the world, they took all of us to that mountain to go and pray. I knew why I came. I crawled into one of the mountains and, you know, there were thousands of people in other little, little caves. And so the the hill, he said, was vibrating from the, the prayer of so many people. And I wanted to return home, almighty God, to see my church grow. And I began to pray and I forgot time. I apologize. By the time I realized what was happening, hours had passed. And the people who came with me were waiting for me in the bus. The only reason they didn't go without me was because I was the only black man there. So they knew somebody was missing. When finally I showed up, they were very upset. What's wrong with you? Why did you delay us so much? I said, I'm sorry. I thought we came here to pray. And they said, are you going to pray everything in one day? Ah, I said, I'm sorry. They were so upset with me that they didn't talk to me all the way back to town. And I was very glad because my spirit was still roaring. I was still praying, even though I wasn't praying out aloud. I cried to God that there must be a revival in my nation. My church must grow. Some years ago, I was back in South Korea. This time, I was able to meet that great man, Yonggi Cho. And when I got to his office, 
And I was trying to tell him the story about what happened. I said, he said, no, I've heard about you. He said, could you please pray for me? So we took her, we joined our hands, and we prayed. I have a deep feeling within me that that thing which is uppermost in your heart, you are going to get it today in Jesus' name. But your prayer is going to disturb others. Desperate prayers will disturb the prayers of those who want to pray casual prayers and ordinary prayers. Just one more thing and then we will pray because I don't want to talk long on prayer. I, I just really want us to pray. The greatest characteristic of desperate prayers is that it arrests the attention of heaven. In this story that we read, when Bartimaeus prayed his desperate prayer, the Bible said Jesus stood still. Now when you read that one on the, on the surface, it simply means Jesus was going, he had the prayer, and he stopped. But it's a little more than that. Because in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 to 17, Colossians 1, 16 to 17, the Bible says it is in Jesus that all things consist. So when Jesus stands still, even the world cannot rotate. If he stands still, everything stands still. For one man, the whole universe stood still. When you pray desperate prayer, you attract the attention of the one who can never fail. And he stops to attend to you before he will continue to do whatever else he's doing. When you attract the attention of heaven, even the ground will shake. I mean, you know the story. Paul and Silas, they were in prison. They were going to, they know that probably by tomorrow we'll be dead. The Bible said at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the Bible said, the prisoners had them. It wasn't a quiet prayer. It wasn't a casual prayer. It was the prayer of desperate men. And the Bible said, suddenly there was an earthquake. I'm expecting an earthquake here tonight. I'm expecting one specially for you. And I'll tell you a story. Some of you have heard it before. I've been general overseer. 
I've gone to South Korea. I've met Young Cho. I had prayed my heart out. <sighs> the church was not doing too badly. But it wasn't anything like what I wanted. I had moved to this camp. So I can pray in the night. Like I wanted. Because when we first came to this campground. The only people who could be disturbed would be antelopes. And serpents. And if I begin to roar in the night, anybody who will say, Why are you shouting? I will say, What are you doing here yourself? And I remember that night as if it happened only yesterday. Was walking in the camp. The camp was much smaller, much smaller than the the main road, then was the Holiness Road. And I cried to God. I became desperate. I said to God, Lord, I told you when I was born again, I don't want to be an ordinary Christian. I told you when I became a pastor, when you forced me to become a pastor. That I don't want to be an ordinary pastor. Remember desperate prayers. Does not respect protocol. And now you made me a general overseer. Contrary to all my plans. And I told you I don't want to be an ordinary general overseer. I don't want it. So God, I hope you are listening. Let's settle this matter once and for all. It's either you empower me or you take me home. Desperate prayers. And suddenly there was an earthquake. Those who are old enough will remember. Probably the only earthquake that ever happened in Ogun State. That pictures hung on the wall in Ijebu de Shagamu were dropping off. They didn't know the source of the earthquake. It was here on this camera. I can see show you the spot where I was standing. I knew then he had heard me. I knew then the answer has come. I am believing God for someone here today. A very special earthquake for you and you alone is going to occur as you pray a desperate prayer. There are certain things that you think you can never achieve. It is because either what is chasing you is not big enough or what you are chasing is not big enough. 
I will tell you the story I had from one of um, the men of God. He said he was eight years old. And he saw across a wall a mango tree in another man's yard. He went there, plucked mangoes without permission. As soon as he got the mango, suddenly he had the growling of a dog, huge dog. He looked back and he saw the dog was coming for him. And he started running. He said there was no human way he could climb the wall. But when he saw what was pursuing him, one moment he was on this side of the wall, the next moment he was on the other side. There are mountains you think you cannot scale. There are problems you think you can't handle. But if you will pray desperately tonight, by tomorrow morning, you will sing a new song. Now before we pray, the Bible says, in John chapter 9, verse 31. John 9, verse 31. He said, we know that God does not hear sinners. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2 says, The hand of God is not shortened that he cannot save, neither is he heavy that he cannot hear. But your sin can separate between you and your God that he won't hear. So there's no need praying a desperate prayer for a turnaround if you're going to continue to live in your sin. Because he doesn't hear sinners. And if he doesn't hear, how can he answer? There's only one prayer you can hear from a sinner, and that is, have mercy on me, save my soul. So if you are here tonight, and you have not given your life to Jesus Christ. So I can pray for your salvation. And then you can join us in praying some desperate prayers. You need to come to Jesus desperately. Because if, if your sins remain, your prayer will not go beyond the rule. Thank you, those of you who are clapping. I hope you know it is for Jesus you are clapping, not for man. And the Bible says, whatever your heart finds to do, do it with all your might. So if you are clapping, clap very well. And your hands will never be empty. Cry to the Almighty God and say, please Lord, have mercy on me. Save my soul. Forgive all my sins. Just let your blood wash away my sins, Lord, and I will serve you from now on. I don't want sin to hinder my prayers anymore. Please, Lord, save my soul today. Cry unto him. And the rest of us, let's stretch our hands towards these people and intercede for them. And pray that the one who has saved our souls will save their own souls also. Cry unto the Almighty God for them. Pray that beginning from now, they will also become true children of the living God. And they will be able to live a life free from sin from today onward. 
Let's cry unto the Almighty God for them. Pray that God will save their souls. And you will not be too late. Keep coming. Keep coming. I see you. I will just wait 10 seconds more. And then I will pray. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Father Almighty, I just want to say thank you for your word. I want to thank you for those who have come forward to surrender their lives to you now. Please, Lord, receive them in Jesus' name. Save their souls. Forgive all their sins. Let your your blood wash away their sins tonight. And receive them into the family of God. And Father, from now on, any time they call on you, please answer them by fire. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Now, those of you who have come forward, I want to rejoice with you. Because from now on, by the grace of God, I will be praying for you. And so I'm going to need your names, your address, and your prayer requests.
thank you. You pray desperate prayers when you know that there's no plan B. There's no alternative. It's either God helps me or I'm sunk. You pray desperate prayers when you know that it is now or never. You pray desperate prayers when you know this is a matter of life and death. You pray desperate prayers when you have made up your mind. God, it's you and I. And I'm not going to let you go unless you give me a turnaround. So you know you, the details of that situation in your life that can no longer be tolerated. That situation that must have a solution now. That is what I want you to come and talk to God about. I'm going to keep the altar open tonight. I'm going to give you just 15 minutes to cry unto the Almighty God. If you don't have any such pressing issue, you don't have to pray. You can just bless the name of the Lord on behalf of the rest of us and be on your way home. But those of us who either want something from God or we want a divine intervention that we know it is a matter of now or never. If God does not help me, I am done for. If God does not intervene, what will I do? Come and cry to God now just for the next 15 minutes. This is not the time to be a lady or gentleman. This is the time to cry to the Almighty God and say, Lord, help me, help me, help me. Help me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Savior. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I'm sorry to be stopping you. I'm not saying this is the end. I just want to join my faith with yours first. I'll pray with you. Those who want to leave can leave. Those of us who want to continue can continue. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we have no help but you. Human beings have failed us. 
People we thought are our friends have turned out to be our enemies. But you are there for us. You are the Almighty. Where doctors fail, you don't fail. Help us tonight. If you don't help us, who else shall we run to? You are our last bus stop, Lord. You are the one who asked us to come. We have come to you. Help us tonight. Help our families tonight. Help our churches tonight. Help our nations tonight. Father, we promise you, we will give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let someone shout hallelujah. God bless you. See you tomorrow.